Grace to you and peace, my friends, from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Many of you have been with us over the course of the last six weeks, and uh, if you haven't, if this is your first time here, uh, we have been working our way through this book called The Red Letter Challenge. If, if this sounds interesting to you, uh, we have a book table still set up. Uh, for those of you that uh, would still maybe like to get one or uh, grab one for a friend or a family member, uh, please do that today. We'll, we'll be putting that book table uh, away after today. Uh, but in this Red Letter Challenge, in taking the words of Jesus and putting them into practical uh, daily application, what we have been focusing on are these five principles of Jesus followers. And let me just tell you them again. Being, being with Jesus, forgiving, that is receiving his grace and giving it to others, serving, because Christ came to serve us, giving uh, of the material possessions that we have because they're not ours to begin with. And this week is a week of going, that is, as, as Christ's uh, disciples, as followers of his, we have been sent to go into this world, not just serving with our hands, not just giving with our money, but also speaking with our lips. Now tonight, uh, as I said, a lot of times on these Wednesdays, what I've been doing is, is looking at the daily devotion for the day. Uh, I don't necessarily want to do that for today. I, I more want to talk in general uh, in this going principle. And I alluded to some of this on Sunday, but I, I think this is very important. As, as I've been reading through these, these uh, going challenges and talking to others, uh, I think one of the greatest inhibitors to us sharing the good news of Jesus is this. We're afraid to go. I think many of us are, are fearful. I think many of us are afraid to speak with our lips what it is that we have received with our hearts and we know in our minds. I think a lot of us struggle to speak the good news of salvation that comes exclusively and only through Jesus Christ our Lord and his death and his resurrection. So what is it that we are afraid of? I've asked people this, I've had conversations, I've done my own thinking on this because I, I wouldn't say I'm all that different from you. If I am inhibited from speaking the good news of Jesus at any time, likely it's because of some sort of fear in my gut. So what are those fears? I think many of us are afraid we're going to say the wrong thing. That maybe we'll give a misrepresentation of the church or the Christian faith. I think some of us are afraid that we'll get ridiculed or mocked by other people for our faith. I think maybe we're afraid that, that we'll shun other people. I think a very practical concern might be that we're worried that through our words we might actually push people further away from Jesus instead of drawing them closer to him. I don't know. Those are just some of my observations, some of my conversations with others. You might have something different you're afraid of. But I was talking to a group of friends the other day about this. And, and we just had the, the conversation, you know, what is it that, that keeps us from speaking the faith to others? And it was, in general, fear. And I, and I said, are those fears that we have, are they based in any reality of experience that we've had in the past? Like, have we ever spoken the words of Jesus Christ and been ridiculed or mocked or shunned or, or done or said the wrong thing? Or... Are the fears just simply based in our own, well, frankly, fears? <laughs> is, it, is it just coming from our own worries, or, or is there something that has caused us to be this way? 
You know, Jesus spent a lot of time with his disciples telling them not to fear. We looked at some passages this last week where, where Jesus, uh, on Sunday, where Jesus said, go, and he sent them, and he said, I'm going to give you the power and the fullness of my Holy Spirit. I'm going to be with you always. Go, go, and be my witnesses. But I, I think, I didn't tally it up, but I think there might just be as many times, if not more times, that Jesus tells his disciples not to fear. And there's a reason why he tells them not to be afraid. Why is that? I think because humans naturally tend to fear. And Jesus, when speaking to his disciples, he also knew what was going to come for them. And he knew that for them, being a Christian in that era, in that location, was nothing like being a Christian here in 21st century America. They were not going to have it easy. And so he is warning them in advance, but also promising to them in advance. Uh, tonight, we, we had read for us uh, from Luke chapter 12. I'd encourage you to take that lesson back out if you've got it printed. And I really just want to walk through this uh, almost sentence by sentence, uh, section by section, uh, and, and focus in on a couple of uh, points here. See, what we read for this evening, right at the very beginning, Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body and after that have nothing more that they can do. Now, who's Jesus talking about here? Jesus is specifically talking about other humans who have the ability and perhaps even the authority to literally take their lives. Uh, history records that at least uh, uh, probably 11 out of 12 uh, apostles of Jesus were martyred for their Christian faith. All right, so we know from historical fact that, that Jesus' warning to them uh, came to fruition. So he's saying, don't fear people who can take your life. Instead, who should they fear? The next verse says, I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed the body, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Now, who is he talking about here? He's actually, he's talking about God. He's talking about the Father who has the authority to judge and, and actually will judge the living and the dead. And so, you know, oftentimes, we, we, you know, Jesus says, fear him who can cast you into hell and take your life. Whoa. Wow. Martin Luther, in, in uh, his explanations of the, the Ten Commandments, he always says, you know, we should fear and love God above all things. Fear and love God. And what is that fear that we have of God? Not, not cowering in fear. We know who he is. We know Jesus, but definitely in awe of respect and honor. And literally, if you were to think about it, all the authority that God has to give life, to take life, to give eternal life, or to condemn to hell might give you a little healthy dose of fear, if you're honest, right? So who should we fear? Not, not man who can take our lives, but fear God in a very, in a healthy kind of way. In the next section, Jesus says, verses 6, Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies, and not one of them is forgotten before God? Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are of more value than the sparrows. Five sparrows sold for two pennies. That's, that's essentially, if you, if you do the math, it would have been about an eighth of a day's wages to get five sparrows. All right? So an eighth of a day. So they're cheap. They're cheap. You can get a whole bunch of sparrows for not much money. And Jesus is saying, 
Do they, do, don't, don't they look cared for by the Father? They are. And you, you, you're, the, the hairs on your head are numbered. God has an easier time keeping track of some of you than, than others, but uh, the hairs on your head are numbered. He knows. He knows them. He knows them, right? The hairs on your head are numbered. Why, why are you afraid? Fear not. You are of much more value than some cheap birds. goes on, and I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man, also will acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will be forgiven. What's he saying here? He's warning the disciples there's going to come a day where you're going to have to give an account. You're going to be brought before uh, judges and councils and, and kings, and they're going to try to get you to uh, recant your faith. So, what shall you do? If you acknowledge me, if you confess faith in me, I will confess you before the angels of God, which is another way of saying God and all of his heavenly hosts. I, I, Jesus stands in the presence of God and says, This one, yes, this one, this is my beloved son, my, my child. This, this one belongs in our heavenly kingdom. But whoever denies me before men will be denied before the angels in heaven. Hmm. Jesus says, everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. Which is interesting. That's, when Jesus says the Son of Man, that's his way of talking about him in the flesh. When God takes on flesh, when he's here in his, in his human form, he's saying, if you speak against me in human form, that can be forgiven, actually. But if you blaspheme against the Spirit... That can't be forgiven. What? So how, do, how does all that work? Well, because, you know, if, if you know Christian doctrine, we believe that, that Jesus uh, and the Father and the Spirit are one. And so Jesus only speaks on behalf of the Spirit with the Spirit's power. So if you deny the Spirit speaking through Jesus, you're in a sense denying Jesus. You're denying who he is. And so if you blaspheme against the Spirit, what are you saying? This is, this is essentially the, the unforgivable sin. As, it, as it's sometimes said, the only unforgivable sin is to say, I don't need you. I don't want you. I don't care about you, Jesus. I don't care. <laughs> Spirit, God, I don't need any of that. I got things figured out. That is the unforgivable sin because you say that you don't need any help. Anything else can be forgiven. Everything else is forgiven. When Jesus was speaking these words to his disciples, he knew that they were going to face direct persecution. He knew that they would face direct persecution, and, and so he said to them, the final, uh, the final phrase is this, uh, the final two uh, verses. When they bring you before synagogues and the rulers and the authorities, do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say, for the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. What's the point? You don't have to have it all together. You do not have to have it all together. You don't have to know perfectly what to say. When the time comes for you to speak, the Holy Spirit will teach you what to speak. All you got to do is open your lips and put your trust in Him. 
Again, when Jesus was speaking to these disciples, he knew that for them, being a disciple in the first century in Jerusalem and in that region was going to be incredibly tough. The Jews did not want the Christians. The Romans did not want the Christians. They would face persecution from all sides. And so Jesus knew what he was saying to them, that they would suffer persecution on his behalf. And so he is literally telling them, do not fear for what's coming your way. In America today, in the 21st century, uh, we are not persecuted as Christians. You might like to think that you are. Uh, you might like to say that you are, but you are not. Not, not. not in the scope of what persecution has happened to Christians throughout the world. We are not persecuted. I think for us, the inhibitor to our spreading of the gospel is our daily fear, not our daily persecution. I do not believe that in 21st century America that we feel the urgency to preach the gospel due to persecution coming our way. I do not think that we understand the threats of death that come to Christians throughout the world. I don't think we feel the urgency, or I don't think that oftentimes we sense or even desire the urgency of Christ's coming to make all things new. So is there urgency in going? Is there urgency? Yes. People all throughout the world are dying without knowing Jesus, and you know some of them, and frankly, Christ is coming soon. Do not be afraid. Go and speak. In Jesus' name, amen.